Hi, I am the co-founder of CrowdSurf, director of events, bass player, video producer, digital director, songwriter, manager of touring, director of content and operations, and you're listening to the Springboard, 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 Springboard Music Podcast. In the last episode, we met Lauren Hungate, a signed songwriter who really didn't discover her love for it until she reached her mid-20s. We followed her journey from college to two industry jobs and then left off where she decided to quit her salaried position at Capital Christian Music Group to work part-time jobs and pursue a career as a songwriter. In this episode, we learn about how she found co-writes and also eventually landed a publishing deal. The term publishing deal. Mm -hmm. I think that is something we hear a lot about, but don't really, like it's thrown around. No Mm -hmm. one really understands what that is. What what is a publishing deal? What are the benefits to one? How do you go about getting one? Should every songwriter have one? No, and yes. Uh, So a publishing deal... A publishing deal to a songwriter is similar to a record deal to an artist. It's basically funding. It's support and funding. Um, It is publishing deals are. Think of it as like getting paid. Getting paid a, a, a salary, but you have to recoup the salary. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like you you are getting a paycheck, but you're expected to recoup the paycheck. It's similar to like a sports, a sports advance or a record deal advance where like, if you sign a record deal, they'll say, Hey, we'll give you X amount of money that we expect you to make back off of record sales. Um, similar to songwriters. We will give you X amount of money every year to write for us. And we expect you to make that money back off of radio or off of cuts or off of streaming or, you know, however, off of writing for TV and film, whatever that may be, um, they're they're signing you in hopes that you'll make that money back. So what what a publishing deal, the benefits of a publishing deal are money, obviously. It's great. You don't, you know, it can maybe help. You don't have to work part-time jobs. You don't, you know, it it is constant income coming in for the terms of your deal, which can be two years or four years or one year, you know, it's always different. Um, it's also, you have a team booking you. So you have point people, you know, who, who are your publishers. And so, so it helps for example, scheduling and the admin scheduling. Stuff. Yes. And to like, it usually it'll get you in better rooms. If you're, if you have someone who, you know, my publishers, I, my, my publishers are two people, Courtney Allen and Matt Turner, and they both worked in the business for a long time. And so they have a good reputation. They're able to get me into rooms. I wouldn't be able to get into on my own. Um, they also, it's great for pitching songs. Like there's a lot of artists who don't write their own music. And so if I'm right, if I write a song and I didn't write it with an artist, they are the people who get the songs out the door. It's like, um, they'll take a song and they'll be like, okay, well, I know so-and-so's manager. I know so-and-so's A&R. I know so-and-so's publisher. I'll send the song over to them. And hopefully like you write a song, it gets pitched by a publisher. Hopefully it gets held by a publisher or manager or an A&R. 
and then it gets cut by an artist, which means basically means they record it and hopefully they put it out. But um, yeah, so I think the support, the financial, obviously, they also admin um, stuff. So they help you collect your money. That's a, a big piece of of publishing that it's really hard to do independently is collect your money. They help collect your royalties. Uh, they register your songs for you. Um, they do all of like the legal stuff that again is really hard to do when you're independent. So yeah, there's a lot of benefits. I, you know, I think if you're a songwriter and you know, the only, for me, the only time you wouldn't really, a, a publisher maybe wouldn't be necessary is if you have struck gold and you found an artist that, um, you know, is kind of an overnight hit or like becomes a huge mega superstar and you're making money where you don't need funding. You, you know, maybe you have, you find someone to admin your song, so you don't need the admin and you have a good enough reputation where you don't need someone booking you in that case. Yes. You probably don't, you maybe don't need a publisher, but they really help. <laughs> it's very rare too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To they really help. Need one. How did you go about getting your publishing deal? Because, you know, 25 years old, quit your day job, working part-time, kind of just DMing people to write mm -hmm. with. I, so I started meeting with people while I was still at Capital. I started meeting with publishers. Um, because just by yourself or like you just set up these meetings? Well, I started getting cuts um, while I was still at Capital Christian. Um, which was because I was writing with artists I thought were really good. The first kind of like cut that I ever had any like meat to it, I wrote with a girl, um, found a girl, her name at Old Red. She was playing an open mic thing at Old Red. And her name was Ashland. Country artist, her name's Ashland Craft, and she signed over at Big Loud. And Ashland, we were the first time we wrote the song ended up getting cut and she signed a wow. record deal while I was still at my day job and kind of had this like moment of like, she got Hardy has like this, this Hicks tape, which is like this mixtape. And she was one of the people on it. And so it was like the first cut that I'd got. And it was the second cut I ever got. And it was kind of like, okay, well, who's this person? This is, it, it was like the, she had put out, one other song and so it was like the second song she put out and it was just a two-way between me and her and so that was like the first thing that got me meetings um the second was like i i started writing with a couple other artists that were getting like a little bit of a little bit of buzz and um a couple of them i was like really good friends with and so my names were my name was on multiple songs um so I started getting meetings that way. The publishing deal, Nashville has a really discouraging way of like, publishers are, are a lot of publishers are similar to consumers where they don't want to like something until they know other people like it. And um, it's very similar when you start taking meetings. It's not usually like you'll get, you won't usually get a yes or a no, like, yes, we want to sign you or no, we don't want to sign you. It's very much more like a revolving door of like, well, Hey, if you have anything, if you have any songs you're excited about sending to us, like let's keep in touch. Um, so I'd probably like 
I had met with several publishers before I left my job, but then 2020 hit. Everyone's like, I quit my job August of 2019. <laughs> and oh, then wow. March of 2020, the pandemic hit. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to Zoom. I'm going to, you know, like, I'm going to follow up with these publishers that I met with and see if they have any need for like, hey, any anybody you want to set me up with or anybody, I'll take anything. And started, you know, kept getting kind of like little cuts, independent cuts in 2020. And then started getting, um, I had a friend of mine who signed a record deal and we had songs out together and she had, you know, like a TikTok moment. This, my friend, her name's Lily Rose. And, um, she, because we were good friends and we wrote together all the time before, this is one of those things where it's like, find people you want to do life with. She was really generous about throwing my name out to publishers and we kept writing together and she had a lot of buzz. And so I, I got kind of more, I was getting second and third meetings because her stuff was really blowing up at the time. And I was on a lot of, a few of her songs. And, um, so that opened the door and I think it's music city, Nashville. It's a big, small town and it's a little big town. It's a little big town. (laughs) Yes. And so that, you know, that rumor mill keeps going and the more you can get people talking about you, the better I started you know, once the pandemic, once things started like kind of opening up again, I started meeting them in person and I started doing rounds. And, um, I, the way I got my publishing deal was very, very unconventional. I, and this is another thing I will always encourage people do it, enter every song contest, enter anything to get your name out there, you know, do NSAI, do the song evaluations, do all of those things, do the writer's rounds. Um, I entered this thing with, my current publisher, he's a songwriter producer, Topher Brown. He did this thing during the pandemic that was called, it was called Make Music with Topher. And it was like, hey, send in a couple songs, tell me about yourself. And like, I want to find like new talent in Nashville. I want to develop. He's, he's really, his heart is really towards mentoring and developing up and coming songwriters, artists, producers. He really likes kind of being like on the first, like in the cusp of, what's next and so I sent in a couple songs and I was like hi you know my name's Lauren Hungate I'm a songwriter I loved his music he he wrote in a lot of different genres and he's just got like a you'll hear it in his songs he just has like a really strong fingerprint on his songs and the songwriters I like the best are the ones where you're like oh did so-and-so write this where you can hear him without even knowing and felt that with his songs and so um I entered it and I got an email like six months later and it was like, Hey, uh, this is Tova Brown. Congrats. Wait, six <laughs> um, months. Well, I think like he wasn't expecting to get as many people. I think he got like 500 Holy songs God. or something crazy sent in. And so he, uh, he sent really long, sweet, detailed emails to everyone who entered. Wow. Like giving about, you know, like saying what he liked in the songs or, you know, he really, really listened to all the songs. And so I got this email and I was like, Hey, congrats. I'd love to meet with you. And we met and it was like, um, yeah, we met and he was like, you know, I'd love to write with you. And I was like, great. So I, he was like, you know, if you have any other songs too, send them in. And so I sent him, I had this sampler of songs and he listened to the sampler and he was like, Hey, can we meet again? (laughs) 
And I was like, sure. And so we had it written. We met and he was like, you know, I'm starting this publishing company. I'm really interested in signing you. This is before we had ever written. Um, wow. And that was like the first publishing meeting I'd had where it felt like different. It felt like, okay, this feels a little bit more serious like than the rest. Um, and so we wrote and it was very much like immediately where I don't, it's like, you can just tell kind of like writer connection, like, oh, I'm going to write well with you. You know, we can write yeah. whatever. And it was very immediate. We wrote really well together. Um, I met the rest of the Concord team. So the company I'm signed with is Chromatic and Concord. I'm signed to a joint venture, which is basically like one publishing deal between two companies. And I love the team. We hit it off. Um, you know, they were in, they liked the songs. So yeah, that was kind of the beginning of it. And I met with them, I guess it was like July. And then I signed in November. When you say that you sent in a sampler, is that just like a Dropbox mm -hmm. of demos that you played and recorded vocals on? Yeah. So I did a SoundCloud link, which I actually think is easier than Dropbox. Um, okay. And I did a SoundCloud link. I think it was like 10 songs of like the songs I liked the best. And some of them were demos. Some of them were work tapes. Um, but just songs that I was like, this, I feel like this represents me. And yeah, I just had one that I would send to publishers when they asked to hear music. I know I've asked you this before. Do you have to be able to sing or play an instrument to be a songwriter? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, I think would you get your, how would you get your name out there? How would you get noticed if I mean, you didn't have that? Honestly, I think Liz Rose is a great example. She doesn't play an instrument. and She doesn't really sing. Um, she does sing. Like, she'll sing for rounds, but I don't think she would ever say, I'm a singer, you know. And she has a, an accompanist that plays with her. I think, like, you, you figure out what your strength is in a room, and you, you work on finding people that... Um, that your weakness is their strength and vice versa. So if you can't, you know, if you're not a strong singer, if you're not a strong player, find people that are, you know, like I can, I, I will be the first to say melody is not my first instinct and I can play piano and I can dabble on guitar, but I'm not a super strong player. So the people I, I can get by, but I'm not, I would never say those are my strengths. So I work really well with people who maybe aren't as good lyrically or conceptually, but they can do a melody and people who can really, really play, um, like who can, who are really great on guitar or piano. So, you know, I think you just have to more lean into what you're good at. If you're, if you can't sing, if you can't play, but you can really write a badass lyric, if you have really good concepts. Find people who have not good concepts. If somebody's listening to this podcast episode and they're like, man, I would love to be a songwriter. I am reflective. I love music. I love finding new artists. What type of person would be good to be a songwriter or like what skills 
what to kind of self-evaluate, like, is this the path for me? The most important thing you need to ask yourself is, is there anything else? Like, is there anything else I can do that will make me as happy as this? And if the answer is yes, then you're probably not built to be a songwriter because where it is the best job, it is not an easy one. Um, you deal with rejection constantly. You will have time where you don't feel like your songs are any good. You don't feel like anyone's listening, but it has to be that overarching thing of like, do I love this enough to keep doing it? If no one cares, if no one listens, if I never get another cut, um, if I, if I, if a publishing deal is never in the cards, do I love this enough to keep going? Um, and if the answer is yes, then it's probably what you're supposed to do. I think like you need to, and everyone does like you need to have thick skin and like trust your gut. If you think this is what you're supposed to do, who cares if someone doesn't like a song, like just, you know, you'll get told no 1800 times more than you'll get told yes, but focus on those yeses, lean into those yeses and yeah, just work harder than everyone else. You can't control if someone cuts your songs. You can't control if you get a publishing deal, but you can narrate how hard you work and what you put your time and effort into. Listening to somebody talk about their journey and becoming a songwriter and you have an incredible repertoire of cuts and people you've written with already to have, you know, really done it for the last three years, um, two of which were in lockdown. Um, do you, when you reflect back and you think about young Lauren and Lauren at Lee university and Lauren at red light, Lauren at Capitol, now Lauren, the songwriter, do you think, man, I'm living the dream? Yeah, I do. I think like, I, I wake up and I'm excited to go to work. Um, I, you know, there are hard days, but I get paid to write songs. But, you know, what, how do you get better than that? Um, and I have a great, great, great publishing team who makes me feel heard and listened to and um, is strategic and works, works really hard for me. So I'm in the room with people that I love and that I respect and that musically I'm excited about. So yeah, I think like if 18 year old could see myself, 18 year old Lauren could see myself, I think she would be shocked, but uh, excited. (laughs) What would you say to 18 year old Lauren or what would you say to Lauren who has just decided to pursue songwriting full-time? I would say. <laughs> uh quit complaining so much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I think and stick to it. I like, you know, I think that it's really hard to give our younger selves advice. But to me, I think it 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 always is like you have it really good. Um even even if the publishing deal had never happened. I feel really, really blessed and really grateful and lucky to have something that I'm passionate about because I think a lot of people go their whole 
lives, really not sure what they're passionate about. Um, and I, yeah, I feel really, really thankful that there's something that I'm, that gets me out of bed in the morning that I love doing so much. But yeah, I tell 18 year old me and 20, 20 year me, stop complaining so much, you little brat. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I really love Lauren's story. It is immensely inspiring to me. Lauren created doors. She didn't just wait for them to open. I think we can all learn from Lauren's story, whether it be in songwriting specifically or in our own career. No matter where you are, if there's something else that you think you're interested in, lean into it. You never know where that instinct might take you.